Welcome to the Make Music Income Podcast with Stephen Bedall of the Production Music Academy and me, Eric Copeland of Make Music Income. In this podcast, we'll talk about our experiences in music licensing as music artists with online channels, our publishing and royalty incomes, and our combined over 40 years experience as music producers for hire. So let's get started with today's episode. So Steve. Yes, Eric. Please refer to your script. This is something that I find myself talking about more and more of late. What's that, Eric? (laughs) (laughs) Just read the, you have like two lines. I find that in having a channel and a podcast and an email list and all the things called Make Music Income that it's easy for me to lose sight of something that is just as important to me as music. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The script was a bad idea. I think it's all too easy to get so caught up in what income music might make us that we kind of forget to actually share our music in the first place or worse. I fear we might toil away in obscurity for years, if not decades, without letting our friends and family even know we do music. And I'm not talking about you and me. We don't do that necessarily. But even you and I feel that we should be releasing more to Spotify, to YouTube, to libraries. And if we feel that way, so certainly everyone else should feel that way. Well, welcome everyone to this badly scripted so far. uh, (laughs) This won't be scripted throughout this thing. Uh, But I think important topic of making sure your music is out there. um, And if nothing more, nothing more than pure legacy reasons of having your music out where it can be found, I think it's a travesty. Some people are not getting things done. They're not getting out there. Uh, they're they're dealing with burnout and things like that, and I want to talk about those things on today's show. But before we dive into all this serious stuff and what it means, let's hear from a guy who has plenty of music out there, not exactly an actor, but uh, trying with all his might to get more stuff out. Mr. Stevie B, what's been going on, man? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> that was part of the script too. Okay, clearly it was. Oh, I didn't. Say. Clearly, I, I, I'm not. I don't have a, a, a career as an actor ahead of me. Um, so yeah, what's going on? Um, speaking of Spotify and putting music out there, I'm putting something out there tomorrow. Sticking with cool. my my schedule for the year, every second Friday, putting a tune out, um, nice. putting a single out um, called uh, "The More That I Know." Um, and that was something that I talked about probably, I can't remember, like maybe even like five, six months ago. And it was that- Is this uh, just you or is it your guy? No, it's, it's something I wrote and then I hired a vocalist from Sound Better to sing oh, on. Oh, cool. Great, um, great vocalist. She did an awesome job. And uh, yeah, it was just something a little bit different for me to do. So I'm putting that out there tomorrow. And um, yeah, what's been going on? Oh yeah, so something I was gonna chat about um, uh, with you here. And uh, I haven't told you this yet, but I've been kind of working on this this master plan. In long, in lo- long story short, I've been kind of complaining to my to my wife for like the better part of uh, the last year, maybe more, um, about how I never have the time to do some of these like really important things that are on the checklist. And you know about the checklist. I mean, the checklist is based on your 
my checklist is basically your checklist, and this is the, the, the all the things that should happen when once you finish a song in mm -hmm. terms of like getting it out there and all that stuff, mm -hmm. right? Um, what really gets me, and what I tend to neglect, is like the administrative stuff um, for the most part. Uh, so I'm in the process of uh, creating a training program um, and offloading some of these tasks uh, to a virtual assistant. And uh, this is something I've been kind of, I've been toying with this idea for quite a while. And I had a really, really great chat with one of the members of the academy. And she's, uh, she's like a project coordinator for like big, like uh, big companies and, and has been doing this for years. And she really encouraged me to, to start thinking about this um, and offloading some of my, um, uh, you know, the, some of the stuff that I, I really struggle with because it's just because of my, um, I'm so stretched for time. You know, I'm good at yeah, finishing the tracks. I'm good at writing music. Uh, I can get it done pretty quickly, but everything else, man, I just, I, I really stink at it. Um, and it's, it's tough for me to, to get it out there. Like, you know, you've heard me complain a million times about just something as simple as like getting it out to Pond 5. I never have the time. Getting it out to Audio Jungle. It's like, well, I, it's not that I have anything against putting it on Audio Jungle. I just literally just don't ever have the time to do it. Um, so it's not a quick process. Audio Jungle it's not. Is, a, is a little involved. Well, you add them all up, you know, and it's like, it's, it's quite a bit. Um, and so, I mean, it could, and it's like everything. I mean, it's like putting it on SoCan, like my PRO, putting it on with mm -hmm. Song Trust. I just told you, like, you know, a week ago, it's like you were like, have you put put up any songs, or if you read like how much have you made, Song Trust? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I haven't uploaded any material, and it, it's just a real problem for me. And I'm always Tune whining about it as well. Tunesat Tune is another thing. Yeah, man. So, so anyway, Identify. I've decided to do something about it. It's going to cost me a bit of money, but I really think it's going to be worth it. And it might pay itself back uh, in the long run anyway, if I just have um, someone help me to put the music out there. Um, yeah. So that's something I'm working on. Um, and otherwise, yeah, I mean, I wrote several tracks for Motion Array this last week. I'm trying to catch up with them. Um, I've been kind of neglecting them for like, you know, a little, a uh, little while. I haven't sent them much. So, um, yeah, trying to write material that is going to work well for them. And we'll see how that goes. Trailer course, uh, part three is in the works right now. Part two went out last week and, um, that's all been going well. The, the students seem to be enjoying that. And, uh, yeah, man, that's about, that's about it for me this last week. Yeah. What's going on with you? Well, um, I finished a quirky song at, for a library brief. I had a really productive weekend last weekend and got um, two songs done. And one was a quirky song that was for a brief for my BMG library. And uh, I had already delivered a dramedy piece and now I delivered a quirky piece. And they're all being listened to by whoever the library is pitching this to, whatever company or I don't know if it's another library or if it's a show or whatever. But so I finished that. Um, there has been more money in sync this week. Uh, BMI uh, deposited, uh, you know, a hundred bucks or so into my account today, nice. and uh, and so I, I would imagine that has a few uh, a few sinks in there. I, I won't know until I get the statement. I don't think I see that till tomorrow, maybe. But anyway, um, I also got my first sync payment, which was for the grand total of five dollars and thirty two cents from my one of my libraries who just sent me a a sync payment and had some royalties from Australia or something like that. So oh, okay. it's it's that whole thing, Steve. So you're saying there's a chance this could work. You know, you there gotta is start, a, you gotta start any, somewhere. any kind of stream. I've heard Jesse talk about this a lot. He talks about seeing that first $16 check or $5 check or $6 check, you know, have come in and uh, that kind of thing that can snowball as you get more and more and more stuff in there. So 
Um, My library, the same library I'm talking about that just paid me this thing and just did this brief for, they, the owner, went online this week and talked about all that he's got planned for the uh, for the for the for the uh, library, and it's exciting stuff, and uh, including revving up Los Angeles again, uh, both from him and and, a, and his partner to really get us get more into shows and get shows and networks that are that we're working exclusively for. So Excellent. really cool stuff uh, that that is happening with that library. Uh, I just uh, am waiting to see when my uh, first uh, album with another library that I developed, that I delivered finally, and he, they got all the paperwork and everything, the percussion thing I just did for them. Yeah. We'll see when that gets up on that library and then if I can start working on something else for them. I also last week finished a corporate song that I sent to non-exclusive libraries. It's already in Audio Jungle and Pond 5 and waiting for Motion Array. Although, and I have a question to ask you about Motion Array, and we'll just let everybody hear this, but um, I already put it up there. It's been up there for about six days, probably got another five or six days. Are they still running about 12 days for you, or do you know? Yeah, know it's, probably, been it's about 10, 10 days. Yeah. I haven't been keeping track, but it's a while, yeah. Well, here's a question. If I listened to it again today, and I was like, oh, it's a little dull. Can I take down the song and put it up before they listen if I don't... You know, if I don't, you, you know, can edit the it. submission. I, I don't think it resets the the cue position. Okay. I, I I could be wrong about that though. It's been a while since I did that. I, I did that one time, um, but it was only to edit like some of the uh, the actual like metadata of the of the track, and it didn't change yeah. the cue. But that was a, it was a long time ago. So, okay. Well, we'll see if it does this time or not. I um, I I think I might listen to it again and and resubmit it if I have time before yeah. they look at it. Um, so that's there. Uh, I, I don't, even with that, even with doing these briefs and putting stuff into these libraries, I still find myself wanting to compose what I call pursue composing proper, you know, uh, really just composing for composing sake, uh, on some things and not just for briefs. Mm-hmm. I just find myself l- longing to create something more. I don't know, ob- obtuse than commercial music. Let's just say, you know, a little less, commercial a little bit more just out there a little bit more so i'm, I'm probably working on that some um i had a very popular stock music video uh go out this week and uh it's one of those that took off a little bit faster than most but you know stock music videos oh, tend the, to do that is is stock music still worth it yeah i don't really do that many stock you know, we're, we're, we're talking less and less about stock these days, even though we've just been sitting here talking about it. But for the most part, you know, I think we both feel that it's, you know, it is what it is. And we're, we're, we're moving on towards other kinds of licensing or trying to. I, you know, but, to be honest, when I, I watched it and I thought that your the end result was going to be no. And when he said, you kind of surprised me when you said yes, because I was like, oh, I think he's going to say no. <laughs> that was kind of the the point I wanted to lead everybody down. This thing says, ah, forget it. You don't need to be doing it. And I do still think it's important that um, people u- can use it as a as a tool to be better in licensing. That might be its best use right now for a lot of people mm-hmm. uh, because it's so competitive. And because if you are not writing for the exact uses that the libraries like Motion Array wants, then you likely won't get as big uh, a checks as people who are writing specifically 
for those things they want, for those YouTubers who are going there looking for videos and things like that. So mm -hmm. I think that is, uh, but there's another use beyond music income, beyond being the cool kid in town, um, you know, with the cool living room video uh, kind of stuff <laughs> with this microphone holding his microphone. You know, we all can't be cool like that. So sometimes <laughs> sure there are can. going to be... <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome <laughs> to my living room uh, yeah. tonight on Vancouver Nights. Um, I should have put my crooner voice on full effect. <laughs> Hello. That was uh, your very interesting video from last night uh, yeah. where, where he also sings, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Stevie sings. I actually had a little little clip of me singing the part yeah. uh, that I was talking about in the video, and I, I just got rid of it because it looked so silly. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that sounded good. That's the only thing. Um, all right, and so that happened. And then the other big thing that's happened to me this week is uh, yesterday I've had a tooth that has been bothering me for years, uh, back molar, and it it has had three root canals. Oh man! All of which I would have again instead of what happened yesterday was getting this tooth pulled, which felt like the dentist might as well had her foot on my mouth and a pair of pliers. It, that's what it felt like. I mean, it was yeah. it was so painful. Now I know why this is used as torture in some countries, because it is like the most painful thing. Yeah. And it, I'm a I have a I have a high pain threshold, but this was this was beyond and at one point, I must have yelled out or something. She goes, uh, "Mr. Copeland, please don't scream. You'll scare the other patients that we have here." Didn't they put some some local anesthetic in you or what? <laughs> yes, but there was just so much pressure, and then it was it had a little infection, and we don't need to go into too much of that. But it it was just really super painful, and oh, the man. pressure was just more than just like poking and 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 needles. It was pulling. You know, you're pulling something out of a bone out of another bone, basically. Yeah. It's not nothing. It's so, not nothing. Uh, I, I, I feel you, man. I've had dental issues plague me my whole life. I, I had a, uh, an abscess in my, my root canal in my front tooth. So they, mm. uh, they had to pull that right out of my mouth using uh, one of those, I don't know what it is, some tool. That basically, like this, this clamp and then one... One person holding my head down, the other person yanking the tooth out of my mouth. It was uh, the 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 infection in my root canal was one of the most painful things I've ever experienced in my whole life. Those nerves in your mouth are are crazy sensitive, and yeah. it's just make you miserable. So yeah. welcome to make dentistry income today. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's it's it was it was rough, but it's over. It's gone. Yeah, when it's, it's gone, clear, and hopefully it'll everything will clear up. Um, I all, one thing that did happen this week is I had a, a consult with one of my uh, composer mastermind students, and um, he has such great compositions, mm -hmm. but he's really not sharing them with anyone other than those of us, a few here, here or there in the mastermind or whatever. And so um, I find that I spend a lot of time just encouraging him and um, and to, you know to, to get things finished, but it started to. To, I've heard this a lot more lately about people being discouraged, people having trouble finishing things, and therefore causing them some some measure of burnout and some measure of uh, feeling like they're they're not successful in making music, and then right. and, and and miles away from making music income because they feel like they can't get over the hump to finish songs in the way they want them to be finished. And so yeah. I thought today what we would talk about is is 
more than just music income, we have to get back a little bit to what is going on with with everyone and 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 starting with the struggle to finish tunes, which is more real than you would think it is. Um, I know probably a lot of you out there are nodding your head right now because you're like, yeah, that is the biggest problem I have. It, and I think one of the, 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 the things that we run into is that it's almost easier to keep something unfinished because uh, there's a beauty in being able to say, well, this is just a rough mix. So I don't really, uh, in, there's no pressure in a rough mix because you say, wow, it's just a rough mix. It's rough. And so by saying that, you kind of give yourself a little bit of leeway as to how good it sounds to whoever you're showing it to. And therefore, you don't feel like you're such a failure for not finishing <laughs> it the way it needs to be finished. What are your thoughts about that? So funny. Uh, I was just having a conversation with one of the members. Uh, I was doing a Zoom chat with one of uh, the members of the Academy uh, yesterday. We had a great great discussion about this very topic and uh um speaking of rough mixes it's, it's hilarious because i was telling her how, about how uh early on in my, my sort of production career i had this opportunity to do this uh, some scoring scoring work and it was really light scoring work for uh, for patagonia and they they needed um you know this basically just acoustic guitar like finger picked acoustic guitar really really easy stuff for me to do um, and, uh, of course, you know, I would overthink the hell out of it and, uh, I would, I would compose these <clears throat> quote unquote rough sketches and I would send them to the director and I'd be like, Hey, just so you know, this is a rough sketch. It's a rough idea. <laughs> this isn't complete. I just wanted to send you this idea. So you'd get a sense of what, uh, I I'm, I'm thinking like, let me know what you think. And she got back to me and she'd be like, what do you mean? This is perfect. You know, and I'd be like, oh, well, there's there's birds chirping in the background. It's not like you recorded properly. There's like there's yeah. ambient noise. And she's like, no, 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 this is great. This is I'm just using this. I'm going to use this. I'm yeah. like, are you sure? Are you sure? And she's like, yeah, yeah, this is absolutely great. Like it's she's like, I want rough like I want raw. And I was like, oh, OK. And I, and I realized looking back on it that I just needed that little bit of encouragement uh, and feedback from someone to to trust that, you know, uh, like my intuition was in the right place about about the composition and that also um, I didn't need to obsess about all of these needless details about you know trying to get like the capture the perfect recording it was it was fine as it was and I think that I think you know maybe the case for a lot of people is that they have um, this it's you know they just get obsessed about uh, things that don't really matter uh, and that mm -hmm. kind of um, bottlenecks the process would you agree with yeah. that? Yeah, and, and those those kind of things you cure real quick when you start to work for clients. You uh, yeah. because you have to get stuff done and you have to finish, or you don't get paid. Yes, and exactly. I think yeah. that's what helped me learn to finish. I could not finish for the life of me when I was, you know, back before I did music for a living, and I would think of all these ideas. And they, it was all well and good, but I couldn't, I, I never finished a project. It just, you know, it was an idea that well, on paper and mm -hmm. never, you know, I was never even able to put it out in any kind of form, whether it was cassette or CD or, or, or download or whatever. I never finished it because I would start and I'd be like, ah, eh, it's not sounding that great. And, and even if I got it somewhat close, I'd be like, well, 
I could still work on it more. And then you tend to put stuff back on the back burner and just leave it there. And before we know it, we have a thousand things on the back burner and nothing finishing. And and sometimes there has to be a reason for it. And we're going to get into those reasons, um, distribution and libraries and, and all those kind of things. Do you, and, uh, do you think it's a vulnerability issue to some extent? Because I think it's like as long as we can keep convincing ourselves that something extra needs to be done, something it's not quite ready, then it's like a shield it's a way of shielding uh, our our vulnerability against like putting it out there and actually having people listen to it and give us feedback and like possibly not liking it. You know what I mean? It's like it's, it's, if we keep it in a process where it never gets finished and it never goes out there, then we don't have to worry about, uh, you know, feeling vulnerable about it. Yeah. And also we're afraid that someone's going to tell us there's still work to do and we don't want to do any more work. We want it to be kind of done. I showed off a song today in our mastermind and it was done. I had already submitted it to the brief. There's nothing more that can be, I mean, I could go back and play with it and mess mm -hmm. around with it more. Uh, but if it's accepted by this library or by to this brief, then, then I'm done. I mean, there's, there's nothing else to do to it. I don't have to do anything else to this song because I've already finished it. It's done. And yes, I could make different decisions. I could speed it up. I could add this. I could bring more this in. But guess what? It doesn't matter anymore because I've already submitted to that use. And I think that's another reason to finish and put it out somewhere, put it up, up to Spotify. Once it's on Spotify, what are you going to do? Take it down and remix it and put it back out to Spotify. And uh, what, once you've sent it to a library or to a brief or whatever, it's sent, it's done. Mm -hmm. And there's a, there's a freedom in that. There, mm -hmm. and, and I think most people don't get there because they're, they're like, well, something could still be done. Well, sure. Stuff could still be done. Yeah. But I think, I think one of the next things that they they deal with in, in trying to uh, finish songs is they don't understand the mastering process or think it's some big, scary thing that is totally beyond their capabilities, that it's only mastering engineers can do this. And the thought of going from a rough mix to a finished mix needs, means you need to understand how to uh, to to master audio. And I think this is a pretty common uh, misconception that you really don't. I mean, especially when there are tools like Ozone out there. Ozone elements you can get for 100 bucks or less, I think. Sometimes you can get it for way cheaper than that. <clears throat> and put that thing on there and hit the mastering button and let it do its job and boom, you will have gotten it to a place where it's almost ready to go. It's simply, it, it, the simplicity of it is is amazing. And totally. I think uh, it, that's just a, a five-minute lesson on a YouTube video to learn how to mess with that thing and, and then quit using that as an excuse to not finish songs and say, well, this is this is rough because I don't know mastering and I don't know how to get finalize it and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, I don't think it's a valid excuse to say that, you know, I, I don't know enough about mastering, so I, I'm not going to put it out there. It's really not valid. I mean, there's an unlimited amount of resources on YouTube to just learn about it if you want. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like you said, I mean, like the, we, we have tools now that are designed for people who don't really know anything about it. And it's literally, I mean, on Ozone itself, you can say what's it like, it'll ask you, it has a mastering assistant that'll ask you what's the destination here. Is it yeah. streaming? Is it CD? Is it vinyl? You know, and you can, it, it's really, really straightforward. It's, it's, I mean, it's like, it's pretty darn easy to, to get your track to. Uh, was it you or somebody level. else that, was it you or somebody else that said they use 
some of the presets sometimes. I use presets there. from Ozone all the time, yeah, almost always, and do a little bit, a little bit of tweaking on them mm -hmm. uh, sometimes. But yeah, I mean, definitely, I use the presets for sure. But Ozone Elements, it's it's not even as much as Ozone Standard. You start getting more things, but Ozone Elements, which is like a cheap tool, it's like got three things, mm -hmm. and EQ and finalizing are the main ones. It's also got a, a kind of an expansion tool, but really, it just does the EQ and and compression or limiting, which is really all you need to be doing at that stage anyway. Right. Remember that mastering is not remixing. It's just finishing up what you've already mixed. It's right. putting that final bit of, uh, of, of sheen on it, if you will, or finalization process where it kind of just makes sure it's loud enough, make sure the EQ is just about right and you can mess with that. But I don't think you need to over EQ when you're mastering either. But um, it, it's, it's just a quick, process i spend literally uh five minutes mastering songs probably if yeah. that you know just because i have settings set up and once you have ozone or i use two waves plugins and once i have those set it's pretty cut and dried as to what needs to happen there i think so i, I think what where people maybe get confused sometimes is is like where the like gain management levels where where levels should be before they add the mastering stuff because sometimes like yeah. it'll be pretty cranked there'll be no headroom on the stereo out and then they'll add mastering and things just get like super crushed. Um, so that's something you got to be aware of. But yeah, I mean, as long as you have like a sufficient amount of headroom on your stereo out channel before you add your, uh, your final limiter, then I think that you're, you're, you'll, yeah, you're in a good spot. So I think one of the next problems that people have is everybody, including you and me, we say, I want to put more stuff out. Let's say you're able to finish the songs and you're able to master them and you're, fairly happy with what you have. You're done, you've finished the song. Now what do you do to get it out there? Now let's just leave licensing alone for a minute and just talk about if you've made music, what are you going to do with it? Because finishing a song, if it's not for a brief or for a client, then it, it's probably for yourself. It's probably for your brand of artistry, whatever that is, whether it's mm -hmm. a personal brand or, or some other kind of brand. Mm -hmm. So you've got to put it where someone can find it, and that means you've got to put it out there either for distribution or for viewing. And, and uh, distribution we think of as going to Spotify, Apple Music, Pandora, all those kind of places that your music can get to by going through a music distributor. And um, we could talk about YouTube and all that other kind of stuff too, but right now let's just talk about the simple ways to get your music out once you finish it and to feel like that people are seeing and hearing it. Again, not so much about making money from Spotify because everybody's going to say, oh, there's no money to be made from Spotify. Well, whatever. <clears throat> Let's just talking about talk about getting your music out into the world so that people can experience it. And, uh, and again, you leave some sort of legacy, which I think is a big is a big deal. Yeah. So one of the problems I, th I find that people are really intimidated by the distribution process. How, oh, I can't imagine how to get it up there and it's gotta be very, very hard and this is not gonna be a commercial for DistroKid, but you know something like DistroKid or even CD Baby, any of these, it's a, it's a 10 to 15 minute process tops to put a song out there. DistroKid may be even shorter than less. that once you get down with it, yeah. Oh yeah, less. It's like one page that you just fill out everything. As a matter of fact, I said this in my video about putting your music out to Spotify, but I was like, at the end of it, it says, that was easy, wasn't it? And it kind of is because it only takes one sheet that you have to fill out. Choose your options and go. It's not a lot. 
Yeah, DistroKid's great. I mean, it's like 20, what, is it 20 bucks a year or something like that? And it's unlimited amounts? I mean, it's yeah. like, you pay extra for uh, some... <clears throat> some more like uh you, like you get you'll get options like you can plan when the release will come out uh, i pay 35 kind of a year yeah I per pay something year like that just for the year and that basically um uh covers me up to I, I think i have two or three different um brands inside that for that price and i can schedule when the day it comes out for the 20 dollar one you can't schedule it but um i don't think but uh everything else you get for free now i do have to say that um CD Baby has been at about four ninety nine for the past, I don't know, seems like six months. But they've had a special for four ninety nine. You could put your single or album out, okay. um, and it includes an ISR no, and it includes a, um, a, a, a not an ISRC, but the uh, barcode, the oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. UPC code. And they used to charge for that. Now they're moving up. I think. Today or next day is the last day of that pricing, and they are moving up to $9.99 for any de- any single or album. And right. it used to be $14.99 before this. So they've, they've adjusted their prices down to $9.99, and there's no yearly fee. It's just you per, every time you put an album out or an EP out or a single out, it's $9.99. So uh, now they do take a percentage after that versus DistroKid. It takes nothing other than their yearly fee um, from what you – from what you put out there. But uh, yeah. all, any of these are not hard. Uh, what's the other one I use? Amuse, very easy interface to use to put your stuff out there and, and really nice. And I think you know people are just afraid that the learning curve is too steep and uh, they'll just never be able to figure it out. And I'm here to tell you it's not, even though I do it all the time, obviously, for my job and as for my own music, but you can do it. What do you think? Well, I think that it's, it's yeah, maybe people, have this perception that it's 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 complicated but also maybe spotify is intimidating for other reasons like just you know putting music out there in general is an intimidating notion for for some folks and um i get that i used to put my my tracks up on soundcloud before uh before spotify and that felt like kind of a spotify light to me um and uh, i still do that i still like you know uh nurture my my soundcloud uh, profile a little bit and there's some stuff on my SoundCloud that you can't even find on, on Spotify. Um, I don't even really know why I, I put music on SoundCloud. I just, I don't know. It's just there. Well, it's a way there's to people share that music. follow me and, and people will, will listen to it, you know? I think, like, you know, ultimately, at the end of the day, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to put your music out there at all if you're just writing for yourself. But I don't think that's what the people listening to this podcast are, um, have in mind. I think they, you know, most of us want people to hear our music. We want to get it out there. Um, and I think that, you know, the expectations have to, to, to be low going into to Spotify and SoundCloud. You know, it's like, it's, like you said, it's difficult to make money, um, but it's not really about money. It's, you, you really, I think it's more about just getting your mind in the, you, you have to get into the mindset of just regularly putting stuff out there. That, that's what we do. We just put our stuff out there. That's what we do when we, we upload to music libraries. It's what we do when we're on YouTube. It's what we do when we're, where, when we're uh, using DistroKid. You're just putting it all out there for the, for the world. And no one thing is guaranteed to do, to do well. But, you know, every now and then you, you strike a, a chord with somebody and, like, you know, you might get a little bit of uh, momentum, whether that be a, a Spotify playlist or a video on YouTube that does really well or whatever, you know. We're always kind of just throwing things out there and then uh, every now and then uh, something does well. And, like, th- it's just a matter of doing it regularly. That's all. 
I think it's just a crime, a real crime, that people are creating really quality music and it's only existing on their hard drive. And this is the kind of person I'm talking to right now about finishing, about finishing and mastering these songs up and then getting them out into the world. If you're sending them to libraries, then fine. But even putting something in a library where it's just going to sit on Pond 5 shelves and maybe never be heard. I mean, that's a step. And we'll talk about that next. But um, I think that people are Spotify is the new record store. It's where people are going to stumble across your music. If they're ever going to stumble across it, it's there. Now, we could also talk about online solutions like YouTube, SoundCloud, like you talked about. Bandcamp is another great platform yeah. to put your music right. on. That uh, they, None of those really cost anything. I mean, you could spend money on them if you want to, but they don't really cost anything to put them up to. Uh, SoundCloud, I mean, um, Spotify and, and uh, DistroKid doesn't cost much. It's not, so there's, there should be no monetary barrier. But um, I hope that what I'm, what I'm getting at here is the fact that you will just try to get your stuff out to distribution, distribute your music. I know somebody just told me on, their, on my channel the other day in a comment, I'm taking everything down from Pond5 and I'm taking everything down from, from Spotify. I'm like, why? Uh, I don't understand the why if it's and sometimes it's because they feel like they're not making anything from it. So why bother? But that's the wrong. I know for a channel and a podcast called Make Music Income, this is not a, a very popular thing to say, but I just feel like we we there's more than just making income from it. There's, there's a legacy standpoint. If you are disappear from this earth tomorrow, who will know? And, and continue to find your music. And if it's nowhere, then nobody. Man, you know, for that, for that, the guy that you're speaking with about this, who's, you know, doesn't, is maybe be feeling like he, uh, a bit precious about, about material and not wanting to put it out there. Like, look, you know, there's stuff I've, I've put out on Spotify, on, on uh, music libraries, wherever that I'm, I listen back now and I like, I, I cringe a bit and, and I think that you just have to accept that um, you're not going to love everything that you put out into the world. Uh, but also, you know, those things, some of those things that I, I, I put out there that now I listen to, I listen to and I cringe, but I'm just like, oh, God, I, especially my band stuff, my early band material. Um, they're kind of like photographs, you know, they, yeah. they bring me back to a certain place in time um in my life and and they and they feel very nostalgic to listen to them even if i don't really like them and i'm happy that i put it out there even though i don't like totally connect with whatever part of me wrote that song in that moment it's just a little record um of time and like and, and i'm glad that i put it out there you know even even if i don't love it so that's something to consider too just think of a uh, think of your songs as just like little photographs of of, of where you were um, yeah. And also, it's cool to, to go back and listen to your old stuff and be like, damn, I've gotten a lot better because yeah. I guarantee you will improve if you keep doing it regularly. And it's interesting to go for me to go back and listen to my old songs and and see where I've improved. And it's it makes me feel good. You know, I think there was a reason for it. I can't remember if it was to go completely exclusive only or whatever. And and to be honest with you, I am I am now f having some libraries, including my largest one, say, do not put this stuff on Spotify. Okay. Uh, because the BMG is putting it out on Spotify, so you can't put it on Spotify right. and or, um, uh, and sometimes you can make videos, but sometimes you can't because of content ID. So if you do make a video and put it up on YouTube, that's fine, but you won't be able to monetize it. 
and uh, because it might be monetized by whoever the library is monetizing. So, you know, I I see reasons not to send stuff to distribution, but for the most sure. part, I I don't. Especially those people who are only doing stock uh, or non-exclusive music, put that stuff out to Spotify and apologize later to whoever wants it and say, hey, sorry, it's already on Spotify. And guess what? You can take stuff down off Spotify real quickly as well. So, yeah. All right. So let's move on to the next thing, and and the next thing is. Uh, People are just are not confident in their music for libraries. They're 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 afraid that the library wants something higher end than what they do. They think that th they just have this uh, imposter syndrome, thinking there's no way I'm a good enough composer to put stuff out to these libraries, and so they don't even try to send an email to say, "What do you think of this?" I, yeah. I what the same guy I was talking to yesterday is really talented at dramedy type cues and i said dude i would just i've heard two or three already you could take those and a few more and put and put them in a in on a soundcloud or something like that and send that to a library and say hey well, i i really enjoy creating this kind of stuff i see you use this in your library i would love to create some of this for you and that is a way for a, a, a library to go wow you really can do this this stuff is great but convincing him to do that is difficult uh, and I don't even think it's because he's too busy, but it's just, again, that imposter syndrome is like, am I really good enough? These are just little short things that I wrote for this or that. And should I really spend, um, should I really take that chance? And I'm thinking, what chance? I mean, what's it going to cost you? It's going to cost you zero except your time. <clears throat> and the risk is only that they might say, no, thank you. But that's, that's just one library. There's tons more to try after you pitch to that one library so yeah and, and a lot of the libraries that say no thank you it doesn't it's they're not even closing the door on you they're just saying maybe not mm -hmm. now like but try again like you know in a few months or something like that i mean they're in the business of 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 like putting good music on curating on, it's not like you can't get better you know it's not like uh, that you're gonna get blacklisted i think that that's a, a misconception um is that they're gonna like be like oh no this guy Let's let's put them on the blacklist and they don't never... have time to blacklist things. No, they, they don't have time, they got enough man. To do. They won't even remember you in the next time you apply. They'll be like, oh, it, you'll be like a, a brand new person. So it's like, I, I I felt that way when before I sent music to Artlist. I thought like, you know, I'm probably not good enough because I I was listening to a lot of the music on the catalog and some of it is just so insane. It's just so good, and I'm like, oh, I'm sending them these like dinky lo-fi tracks. I I, I kind of like you know felt good about the tracks, but I also felt intimidated by what I was hearing in the library. And and I think that part of what um, prevented me from sending it my music to them for so long was just the you know again the fear of them turning me down and me losing the confidence and 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 that's it's a thing it's a real thing um yeah. and uh but you know eventually I, I i sent it to them and and i was lucky and they they liked it but you know believe me like i've had so many um so many people turn my music down as well and i i mean it's it's hard to to uh totally not let like any rejection like just not get to you at all it's almost impossible because it's such a personal thing to write music and to have somebody get back to you and be like no we don't like it um it's really really difficult to not take that personally in some way but yeah. man i'm really uh, i've been really inspired by some of the, the the folks in in the production music academy who have applied like three times to motion array got rejected twice you know like um and and then made it in on like the third try i mean that's 
that's resolve, man. That's like yeah. really not giving up. And like, that's the kind of attitude you have to have. And um, we all need more of that, man. We all need to just uh, grow a, a thicker skin and, and get over it because because you're not gonna be able to please everybody. Um, not everyone's gonna like your music. That's just the way the world works. Yeah. Yeah, and not only that, but I think uh, a lot of the libraries that have said no to me have been good. Um, they have turned out to be pretty nice about it. Like they're like, no, nah, yeah. man, this isn't what we're looking for, but it's all very good quality. Uh, it, but what we, you know, and and one some one of the libraries is way more score based, and I and I was sending them not score based stuff, even though it was high quality. But they were looking for score based stuff, maybe probably trailers and stuff like that. I wasn't doing that, but they were really nice to say, "Hey, uh, love your quality. If you ever are doing this kind of thing, get back." Or, you know, the library is undergoing a, a kind of a changeover right now. Get back to us in six months or so, like that. So, right. um, even if it's a no, it could be <clears throat> kind of a yes. And uh, so I think that's another thing, but you got to try. But then what happens is you go through all the stuff. You're having trouble finishing stuff. You're you're part of a bunch of groups. You're on masterminds. You're part of the somebody uh, this cool guy's academy, you know. And and you're you're doing all these kind of things, but you just feel like um, you know you're spinning your wheels. And then we hit the dreaded burnout. And now a lot of people hit this and they say. Um, I'm just not having any success. I don't really know which direction to go in. Um, and, and I think this is specific to creatives. I think creatives are the people who deal with this probably more than anyone else. Um, I, I mean, think, I think everybody can get burnout in their job, but burning out on your, the love of doing something, which is usually a creative type of task, like writing or music or art or something like that, it's it feels more personal because it's your it's your passion that you're burning out on and yeah. it feels and it totally makes you feel like you are a complete failure at something because you don't even feel like doing it anymore how can you do all these things that we're we're pushing people to do libraries and spotify and finish your mixes if you just don't feel the passion for it and i'm here to tell you and steve will probably echo this but i have felt that so many times that I can't even tell you how many times. And for 50 years, I've, I've gone through these phases. And what works for me personally is moving on to another creative thing. Uh, I do other creative things besides music um, or, or video games or something else that feeds that kind of fun uh, that I wanna have or, or, or working out, playing basketball or uh, writing fiction or something like that. There are other things that I do but I think uh, I have an answer for burnout. But what do you tell me? How you struggle with burnout? Well, I was I, I would say the almost the exact same thing. It's like for me, I just need to to uh, remove myself from the situation and and move my body. I, I find that getting like just a, a little bit of exercise, going get some fresh air, taking long walks, uh, spending you know uh, going on hikes with with my wife. Um, there's just so many uh, other things that you know are are just beautiful parts of everyday life that yeah. that re require attention and i think that you know at, at least for me i tend to work myself to you know o overwork myself and do really really long days and um uh you know it's so it's easy for me to get burnt out i've you you've heard me speak about getting burnt out multiple times you know throughout yeah. throughout our podcasts and um I've, I've gotten a little bit better at managing that and i think i kind of see i feel it creeping up every now and then and and i just know that that's a, like a reminder 
to go and you know to go out and take a walk and just and just put it away and take regular breaks. Um, something strangely something that like I find it difficult to 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 do sometimes is to take like regular breaks. I just I'll just go 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 go, and uh, it's no wonder that I burn myself out sometimes. But for sure, man, I don't know if there's any one. There's no magical solution because everyone's a little different. But if there was any one thing that I think objectively is is like a is like a it works to fight burnout is just physical exercise. Like get get some get yeah. some exercise, man. Go sweat it out. Um, it helps with my stress management so much, so much, and especially as I get older, man. Like you just absolutely need it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it, it also don't feel bad to leave music alone. To just go away from music for a few days, yeah, if absolutely. not a week or a few weeks. I mean, listen, if it is the thing you're supposed to be doing, it will never leave. You'll always come back to it. It's the thing I can't not do, but sometimes I don't. I just, I, I used to get really like upset when I get into writing. Uh, like I wasn't writing, I was having kind of like, um, what do they call that? Um, I was, I was not able to to just come up with anything new that I was interested in. It wasn't that I couldn't sit down and write something new. I could sit down and write something new anytime. But if it doesn't interest me, then I'm going to be like, eh, you know, why Like why it wasn't necessarily bother? writer's block, but you weren't coming up with anything that was like nothing like inspiring inspiring you yeah see and see that's a that's a good point because sometimes I'll, I'll get there too and it's not really burnout but it's like it's maybe genre burnout like I'll, yeah, and be. that's the beauty of like diving into other weird genres and experimenting and 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 trying to just like uh like i don't know that's why I got into like orchestral stuff because it's like I don't know anything about this. It's like, but it's fun because it's different from you know lo-fi hip hop. <laughs> it's like well, I, I I think the first thing would be for me if I'm trying to fight burnout is get away from music completely. Then if, if sure. I don't feel like yeah. doing it, then I get away from it. But the second thing is that you have to do for some kind of thing that is fun to you and or interesting to you, like you were just talking about. Yeah. Switch over to something else. Now that thing may. Be, may not be music it may be some other creative thing that you do but it might be music and that means maybe just play stuff that is fun that is different like go out and do a gig do you mm. know play at your church play uh at school do something that is different you know when i did my masters i totally was completely out of my element trying to do classical stuff but eventually i found my own kind of voice with classical music in my contemporary sense and I've since then I've continued to have fun and a ball doing that. And when I get really, really like in a trough where I just don't feel like I'm making anything good, I will just try to go back to some weird 12 tone type of way to do things or just invent new ways to write songs. And, and those can end up being great things that I never would have written. And, and, it, or I just sit down and I just try play for fun and mess around, you know? And I think that's something that we lose sight of so much when we're in this, especially those of us who make a living in music, playing for fun is almost like, I don't have time for that. <laughs> what, what, how yeah. do I have time to play for fun? I, I got so much work to do. And that, that's a problem. And that's one thing that leads us to burnout, I think, a lot of times. Yeah, yeah, totally. I think when things like when I'm having a rough time and, and feeling uh, burnt out with like a like a certain type of music, I'll sometimes I'll just write a dramedy track because it's yeah. it's really easy and it's it and it kind of like makes you feel good because it's it's like sort of quirky music anyway and um, 
you usually get it done. I usually get it done in like in a couple couple hours or something like that, or get, yeah. get like get a basic idea down, and it just feels good because it's it's fun, it's easy, lightweight. Yeah, or or do do whatever your music thing of choice is. Try to be an artistic on it rather than Mr. Composer can play every instrument person, you know, and don't right. feel that pressure to create all these things. But I think overall, and this seems like a kind of a cop out answer, but. You just have to fight through it. You just have to let it be, accept that you are just feeling burned out and either do something about it, which means go and do something else for a while and come back to it when you're ready. Or if you don't have the luxury like us to do that all the time, you just say, well, I'm gonna fight through this and then I'll wait for those times. It's a little bit like if you, if you worked another job, let's say. Let's say you worked at a bank and you were a banker all day long, and you came home on the weekends and you did music. Well, you still have to go to work every day. Even though you know you may be burnt out on it, it's what pays your bills. So you still have to go banking, knowing that you can come home and play with your music. So you might just have to, to deal with it like it's a job. And that's, I think those of us who do it as a job realize sometimes, hey, I just gotta, I just gotta, bear down and do this work because it has to be done and I don't have a choice because I have to do it. I mean, you pick this music thing and uh, it's that's why it, some people choose to never do it as a job. Some people choose to have another job. Uh, many people in my masterminds have other jobs and they're not quitting them. They're going to keep doing them because they make them good money and they don't hate them. And it keeps music fresh and music fun all the time rather than this thing they have to depend on for their income. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think, I think you know, obviously there's a lot of people who want music to be their full-time um, job, but I think when, when you get there, when it becomes your full-time job, you realize that it's like a job, <laughs> you know, it's like a, it's like you kind of have to, you, you got to deliver um, or you got to get to work even when you're not feeling inspired, and and that and that's the weird thing about doing it for a job is that you cut, you really have to treat it as such. And you're just going to be days when you you don't feel like you know writing the track, but you got to kind of force yourself to do it. And and that yeah. might feel a little strange for a lot of people who who think of music as like something um, that requires. Uh, like you know, a, a prerequisite amount of like passion and inspiration in order to get started. And when it becomes your full time job, it's like, dude, you got to deliver. Uh, you got to deliver something because somebody's waiting for it, and uh, you don't have time to wait around for inspiration. You got to like, you got to just like. Sometimes you got to be methodical and and removed from the uh, insp inspirational part of the process, and just and just treat it like it's work. And that's. That's a little uncomfortable, uncomfortable for for some people, and I, and there's been times where I felt uncomfortable about it too. But that is the nature of of being a full time music producer and composer. And what's funny is when you do, and you do work for some client, and you get the job done, and you get it done. At first, you're like, ah, I'm so glad that's done. You could come back though in a year and listen to that. And go, wow, that was pretty. Oh that man, was pretty cool. So many that was times, pretty inspiring. So many times, <laughs> so many times I've sent stuff off that I was I was like. Oh man, this is brutal. And I listened to it a year later. I'm like, oh, that was actually pretty good, you know. And like, <laughs> I was like, I'm not bad, you know. It's like, I used to get okay. albums done for clients, and I, I, I'd get it done. And I'd be like, oh, I'm so glad that's done. And then, yeah, two months, three months later, they'd send me the CD, and I'd listen. And I'd be like, that's actually pretty good. It's weird, I, you know, because I've, I've kind of gotten out of the space of dealing with it, and now I can listen to it as a listener. And I'm like, did I do? 
sometimes I'll get stuff back over, over a year or two ago, or I'll find a file on my hard drive. I'm like, did I do that? Because uh, that sounds pretty good. I don't remember doing that, but it sounds good. Yeah, the best so, the best is when you you forgot what you actually <laughs> you did. You're like, oh, I wish I could like I don't even have that session anymore because the hard drive is lost. But I wish I knew what I was doing there because that sounds pretty cool. <laughs> Well, I hope this has kind of helped you to look at music as more than just music income. I mean, obviously, on a channel called Make Music Income, we're, we're trying to think about that. But I hope maybe this has helped you think about some things like legacy and your place with music rather than just what you can make and how that defines you. And I hope that you will really try hard to, to make sure that you are making the music you want to make and taking your time, being good to yourself, finishing songs, getting them out there so that the world can hear them. We, we all are waiting for your music. And, and you might, again, we didn't talk about this, but one of the reasons you may not putting, be putting things out is you think there's enough music out there. Everybody is making music. Why should I make it? Well, you're sitting here listening to this podcast or watching this. So there's a, you have, there must be something that you're seeking to do with this. Go do it and, uh, and, and make that Make that music and get it out there more than anything. I hope this has encouraged you to do that some. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I second that. And these are all really important things to talk about. And, and people do need a bit of uh, of encouragement sometimes. We all need a bit of encouragement. And I hope that uh, uh, just, you know, chatting about this has, has provided uh, you guys with some encouragement to, 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 to get it out there and, uh, you know, just let it go. Um, and uh, and yeah, like you said, be, be good to yourself. Don't beat yourself up. Um, and and uh, and worry about you know things being perfect. It's not the right uh, it's not the right mind space to be in. Uh, nothing's going to be perfect. You'll probably put it out there, listen to it years from now, and be and be really happy that you did. Enjoy doing music, and 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 then, and when you don't, give yourself a break from it, and yeah. then come back and c- continue to enjoy it. Make it something you enjoy. You don't. When you're done watching TV, you don't keep watching TV, even though you're done. You 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 stop. So if you if you need a break, then take one and don't feel guilty about it, and just do what you need to do. Yeah. Well, everybody, that's all we got today. Thanks so much for watching and listening, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Yeah, good chat. Hit us up in the comments. We'll see you soon. See you guys. Thank you so much for listening, guys. We really appreciate it. Just a reminder to check out makemusicincome.com and productionmusicacademy.com. And you can find us both on YouTube as well. We both post regular content there. You can find me at Stevie B Production Music Academy and Eric's channel is called Make Music Income. We'd love to see you there. Feel free to like, share, and subscribe to our content. Also, feel free to join us in the Make Music Income Discord server. Lots of great conversation going on in there, and you can share your work and connect with other like-minded folks. It's a great community. So thanks again, and we'll see you in the next episode. Take care.